Friday night We circled up It's going down around these pickup trucks Yeah, it's cold cans and Dixie Cups Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen Living the Good Life show Live from beautiful Dallas, Texas A little colder, I'm wearing my jacket this morning Let's get that heat on But um, yeah, the heat is on And I'm not talking about the weather right now We're going to bring on Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast. What's going on, my man? Oh, uh, let, let's keep it hot because I, I mean we're Southern California. We're having a little cool wave too. So I, I also okay. I got the fireplace on. I Ooh. got the sweatshirt on. Keeping the picks hot. I like it. I like it. Uh man, the heat. Um, you know, the, the Titans put on the heat to the Packers this week on Thursday Night Football, and we'll start with that just because. I felt that it was a must win for the Packers to have any kind of significance going forward here um, in uh, the NFL season. I don't know how you took that, but the the Titans just seemed very dominating. I mean, they, they were great all across. I mean, from the run game, Tannehill's looked the best he's ever looked. Um, I don't know. I just I was I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I mean, we, the the rookie, Traylon Burks, that we, all we heard about was his asthma or his problems in training camp. He couldn't right. get healthy. And all of a sudden, big game. Yeah. Uh, everything looked good. And I, I was in the camp of thinking it was a good time to buy the dip on Green Bay. They were still alive. They could make a run here. The wild card was available to them. Mm-hmm. And then to just show – I mean – I guess from a matchup perspective, I you know it, it favored Tennessee, right? Like they were able to run the ball, they were able to stop the run, they were able to do what kind of what they wanted to do. And honestly, once again, we're talking about a team like our Giants, who's well coached, and they seem to always come to a fight with a plan. And and in, and in today's NFL, you know the, the the reason we have such glaringly bad coaches, or at least they seem so visibly bad is because they don't often have a plan. And I think that's the, you know, we got to stop thinking that Vrabel and this Titans team are going to have letdown spots. We got to stop thinking about them as a team that's not going to have a schematical advantage somewhere because their coach is just good. He's the only Belichick disciple that's that's honestly turned into a good coach. And I think we just have to stop doubting Tannehill and, and, and Vrabel. Look, this is a team that is competing for the one seed yeah. in the AFC. That, mean- that's the bottom line. And the Giants beat them, so how about that? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, speaking of the Giants, you know, which, by the way, you know, another kudos uh, to our G-men for continuing the uh, the winning streak, if you will. But, um, you know, uh, Greg Rosenthal on NFL.com kind of disappointed me a little bit this week just because, you know, he, he he's picked the Lions to win this uh, this game Sunday, and I'm like, I think the spread uh, – the Giants are being disrespected. Don't you feel this every single week? I think the spread is three, right, or something. What is going on, Ryan? I'm losing my mind. The spread is three. Uh, not only that, it, it's projecting to be a cold-weather game. Jared Goff is 0-3 when it's below freezing. He's 2-5 and when it's below 40. Exactly. Not now. Granted, he did just win in this climate in Chicago Barely, against the team yeah. with no with no defense, and that and I think that's the big difference here is the numbers may suggest the defense for the Giants is beatable, but Wink constantly comes to with a plan, especially when you're a quarterback who can be confused. And Jared Goff, over the course of his career, while he has the propensity and has the ability to put up numbers. 
he he struggles against man looks. He struggles against complex blitzes. And I, I think what we're going to see here is we're going to see adjustments. And over time in this game, you're going to see Jared Goff really struggle. As far as the respect, we just have to stop pretending like the Giants will get respect. They keep beating the marketplace, right? They're 7-2 and two against the spread. That's the best record in the National Football League. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, the Titans just passed them last night. They're now 8-2 and two ATS. But, I mean, when you're beating the market consistently like that, they'll call you an outlier. They'll call you a team that's going to regress back towards the mean. But like we discussed in previous weeks, I think a lot of the Giants' success is about their execution on third down, both on offense and defense, execution in the red zone on both offense and defense. Last week is a great example. Texans entered the red zone six times, or inside the 33, three, uh, six times, scoring position. They, they only got one touchdown. The Giants entered that area twice and scored two touchdowns. That's the difference in an eight-point game. And so I think the Giants continue to come to, to the situation with a plan. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Lions have shown that they have consistently not had a plan when the situation has gotten tough, which is why they're a three-win team. And at the end of the day, the, the, the simple handicap is here. You just Jared Goff on, on a road, the back-to-back road spot in cold weather, with a team that is letting anyone run the ball. And what do the Giants do? I mean, we might see a similar game to last week. Saquon Barkley touches the ball 36 times. We walk away with a win. Ho-hum, cover the spread. Let's move on to next week. You know, that's another thing, too. I mean, uh, you look at – I mean, some people are saying, well, we've got the run game. We've got the best run game. But actually, no. Daniel Jones' passer rating was pretty stacked. Wasn't it, like, the best last week? Uh, if you look at a number of metrics, Daniel Jones is performing well, or as I like to call him, Dan Jones, his 2022 form. And <laughs> at the end of the day, if you look at uh, some of the advanced metrics, whether it's EPA, expected points uh, you're generating basically per play, that's the most raw form of like every single play, how much was that play worth on the on the points? And Daniel Jones is sitting in the top four in the National Football League since week four. Uh, over the last six weeks, he's in the likes of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tua. Like he's up there with the elite quarterbacks in the league. When you when you when you throw in adjustments for completion percentage and all these things, he is performing he well. Great. Now, the offense, the co- coaches are not necessarily getting him to do this they're not asking him to go down the field a ton which is why the counting stats aren't there but to your point even in a game where he only threw for 176 yards he's performing well because he's doing exactly what the what the offense is supposed to do like the film nerds the the film nerds will tell you he's making the right read he's very rarely missing the, the the right read unfortunately it is often on a riskier downfield play so maybe that needs to change for them to really take the next step but I think that, the, the you know, when you look around the NFL, some of the best teams know who they are. Right, and they right. know what they, how they're going to beat you. And it's about can you stop them. And so for the Giants, it, it's been that on offense. On defense, it's been a little bit more trickery. But Jared Goff gets tricked. I mean, come on. We watched him get tricked with a great coach in his ear. Doesn't have that great coach. So, yeah, I, I, the, the disrespect is there for sure. I, I mean, this is a Lions team that lo- just loses games. And the Giants are a team that just wins games. And Kenny Galladay was benched. Did you see that second half yeah. uh, based on, what, two two drops? Was it two drops or it was one drop. Oh, one was okay. just kind of a bad. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to think at this point. Clearly, there's more going on behind the scenes. Clearly, he's in his own head. 
I was hoping he would perform well against Houston so we could talk about the Kenny Galladay revenge narrative against his old team, the Detroit Lions. Doesn't seem like we're going to get that. And at this point, if you're benching him for a guy you just picked up off the practice squad of the Bills a week or two earlier, granted, maybe he had some familiarity with your concepts, but Mike Kafka brought in a lot of stuff from a different team as well. I think that just speaks volumes. You're, you're, you're willing to roll the practice squad guy out there because you trust him more. And that's all it is. And until we see Galladay, Galladay doesn't look good getting off the line yeah. of scrimmage. Like, I think you could jam him at this point. <laughs> you know, I uh, this is the first time where I think I saw Brian Dable actually get mad, um, which, in my opinion, I think that's a good thing. He's so passionate, um, and he, yeah. he's, he doesn't want to lose. He's done what he's done up until this point, and he only wants to continue steamrolling ahead. And so he needs to get these guys on track. And, you know, every once in a while, the coach's got to shake things up a little bit. But, you know, they came together and they brought it. Wink Martindale said something um, uh, a few days ago or maybe even yesterday. He thought uh, in all his time, he thought that um, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams were two of the best duos on the line he's ever seen. Um, that's a pretty big statement, don't you think? I mean, it's they're playing like it. I think especially those types of positions don't often get all the, the, the glorious countings, the sacks. You know, I know now with our advanced minds, we're having a little bit more looks at like pressures and things like that. Uh -huh. But the way that basically Dexter Lawrence has to be double teamed or something bad's going to happen to the other team, the way that Leonard Williams essentially – you saw what happened when he went out. The, the run defense gets much worse. Uh, these guys are just big, grown men. Yeah, who big they were guys. Round, they they were first round picks for a reason. Uh, I I and I love Dexter Lawrence is one of those guys. Everyone gave. I mean, I hate to be the Gettleman apologist, but everyone gave Gettleman a lot of a lot of, a lot of crap for drafting Dexter Lawrence, and he he has quietly turned into one of the few guys that uh -huh. we've picked up a fifth year. Out. I mean, he's just a guy that I, I would be happy for them to pay yeah. and keep on the team because of what he bring, what he does, what he, he's like a wall. He's do. a wall. <laughs> and I think, you know, you're, you're, we're, we're maybe, maybe the giants are an elite corner away, maybe a, a decent cover linebacker away from having a defense where they can actually, because this is even wink has talked about it. This is yeah. not the defense he wants to run. He's short a couple types of players. And so, I'm excited to see what this could be in the future. I yeah. mean, remember, the Giants are literally like 33% of their salary is going. Very excited to see what the team can do with a full uh, a full salary. A um, couple games, um, or at least shockers. Uh, your take on a couple things uh, before you give us uh, some of your uh, uh, tidbits and hot bets. Can the Bills lose another one unexpectedly? And are the Commanders now on a winning streak? <laughs> uh, the Commanders, this was that was just a classic spot in gambling, right? Like, oh no, no one's picking them. The Eagles are unbeatable. The the spread is huge. And what happens? This tiny little uh, scrappy quarterback from a small school in Virginia, uh, Old Dominion, shout out the seven five seven, comes comes in. And beats the big baddie. How does that happen? Well, the refs had, ah, look, 40 minutes of time of possession to 20. That's the narrative. Yeah, sure, the refs missed some calls. I agree. But the refs also uh, missed some calls for the, for the Eagles. And at the end of the day, if you only have the ball for 20 minutes, like that was the most impressive nugget right there. 
And I like looking forward, I'm very concerned that Washington is maybe smelling themselves a little bit. And this mm. is a letdown spot looking ahead to Houston. But man, I, I, I love that we're seeing the, the NFC East plays a lot of games against each other coming up. And now that the Eagles are vulnerable, they can't stop the run. Uh, they have some injuries now. Dallas Goddard gown. This division has just gotten very, very interesting, and I think Washington made a statement that they're 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 continuing to to compete, and they're they're in this race as well. Yeah, it's not over yet for them for sure. The Bills, though, are um, of a little concerning for different reasons. Now, the weather is not going to play an issue, as we all saw that they will be playing in Detroit. I think actually for a couple weeks now, but um, you know, Josh Allen. I don't know if if the injury is actually the reason um, that we saw him kind of force some issues last week. I just felt like he didn't look the same. He didn't look the the, the confident Josh Allen that we have seen. Um, he he made a lot of careless, uh, I think, passes. He also didn't pass it as much as I think he usually does, which clearly shows that he was hurt. Uh, but what's your take going forward? And it looks like they've got some weaknesses where people might be able to uh, find. I, I feel like we're standing on a little bit of an island over at the Sports Gambling Podcast, but we're, we're, we don't think this is injury-related. This is Josh Allen being the same player he's been for most of his career. And, I, you know, the hottest of, of takes and the Homer Giants take is this team certainly looks like they're starting to miss Brian Dable hmm. and his in-game adjustments. Over the last three games, since their bye week, they have been outscored in the second half, 43-12. to 12. This is a Buffalo Bills team that people expect to be in the Super Bowl, at least the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And they're being outscored 43-12 to 12 in the second half. Even worse, they've had negative DVOAs in all three of those games mm -hmm. in the second half on offense. And you're seeing Josh Allen not take care of the ball, which was what was the knock on Josh Allen early in his career? Exciting player but is loose with the ball. And we always joke, Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things is Josh Allen running around, putting the ball in harm's way. And granted, that fumble in the end zone is a one-in-a-billion type play. Right, right. But it couldn't have been more – like the metaphorical significance <laughs> of that happening to that player. Mm -hmm. He has more turnover-worthy plays than Justin Fields, Marcus Mariota. Like some of the guys who put the ball really in harm's way, he's not doing better than them. And so I think – you know, for whatever reason, the media doesn't want to give Josh Allen a hard time because they the Bills do not. are fun, because the Bills mafia yeah. is everywhere, because mm -hmm. we don't want to speak badly about the Bills right. for whatever reason. Right. But, boy, I, I, I hot take here, but the NFL is doing the Bills a favor, moving them to a dome here. They are, they are a team that is meant to play in a dome. The cold weather would have been bad for Josh Allen, bad for the arm. I think this is a, 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 this is a layup for the Bills in the <laughs> sense that they, they get – Two home, they get two games in the same location. Yeah. What a, speaking about the Lions? What a disadvantage! They the team they play at home at nine thirty in the or, or I guess twelve thirty on Thanksgiving has already been in town for a week playing in their facilities. I know. Uh, I actually when this was I thought this was going to be a snow game in Buffalo. I loved 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 the Cleveland Browns catching those points. Yeah. Now that it's on turf, boy, I this kind of it, it seems like we're fixing to see the Bills score like. 120 points over the next I was two thinking weeks. the same thing. I was thinking, you know, snow. I think uh, I, I smell Nick Chubb like all over yeah. it, right? Not anymore. Yeah. 
I think Jacoby Brissett's going to have to make up and uh, make up some yards, and I think it could be a good Amari Cooper day. But you know, the Bills, the Bills defense is still really good. So you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to uh, hard to imagine the the Bills losing this one. But you know, I'm hoping that Josh Allen you know, tries to maybe tighten things up a little bit. He's getting a little uh, loose on, on the arm. I got him in a, a bunch of teams, man, fantasy teams. So, so it's like, well, what you doing? And the, and the counter argument would be like that, but that's also why you want, like you like You Josh want him just Allen throwing it everywhere. Because of what he brings, right? It's the high variance. And I okay. think even when he was younger, like only completing 57% of his passes, but who cares? Because he's like slinging it down the field to Gabe Davis for 99 yards. You're right. You're right. Um, I, right. I would say this, like from a fantasy perspective, especially mm-hmm. uh, if you play DFS, I, I actually, we're, we're getting ready to record our DFS show for the week. And I am, I'm, I don't think many people are going to play Josh Allen. I don't think many ple- people are going to play uh, Steph Diggs in these big contest games. I don't think many people are going to play this game as a game that can turn into a massive shootout. Mm. And so I actually kind of like Josh Allen. And and, and furthermore, like th- this Bills team, you mentioned their defense. Well, w- Tredavious White still out. Tremaine yeah. Edmonds uh, from my alma mater, Virginia Tech, who is kind of an anchor for that defense, he will be out. Uh, so even more reason to think that both teams might be able to score a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually love I love all the Bills this week on the turf. Just it feels like a game they're going to put up forty something. Josh Allen might be expensive though, wouldn't you say? Or- That's and, and when you're playing these tournaments, part of the like the game theory is how do I get a different lineup? How do I make a lineup that's going to allow me to reach the ceiling and win the million? Give me a cheap. Give win. me give me a couple cheap receivers. Throw them out there, man. Come on. So like it, they've been doing a lot better job of pricing these cheaper receivers, but yeah. if you if you're going bargain, I mean some of the tight ends are actually a decent uh, really? deal this week. Like his tight end Dawson Knox being only thirty two hundred makes That's it very cheap. easy for me to stack Josh Allen with him and then hope I get a touchdown or two. Like we saw, hey last night Austin Hooper scored two touchdowns. Yeah, tight ends tend to score touchdowns as teams score touchdowns. Yeah. So it's a correlation thing. Uh, you know you can look to Ben Scourneck or Van Jefferson <laughs> on the Rams. Obviously someone has to catch the ball so if you're looking for cheap and even like Darius Slayton I don't think there's too many guys uh, cheaper than Darius Slayton who are going to lock in you know eight it's there the last guy I'll throw out he's playing the Washington Redskins one of my favorite cheap plays of the week I think he'll be a popular play but Nico Collins only 4100 he got 10 targets last week against our Giants okay Uh, against that Washington team they should be beatable and I think I want to say he's like 4100 all right, all right. All right, I know we you hate talking about it, but we kind of have to just because, you know, it, there's there's a lot going on, and I think their own divisions, and I'm talking about the Cowboys and the Vikings. Now, the Vikings come out now as having the, the top record with the Eagles, and they're looking very good, you know, just in all uh, facets of their, of their game. And you look at the Cowboys, and, you know, they seem to have a complete team, but I don't know. It just for some reason they, it just doesn't come together. I don't know what's going on there. I like it though. Um, but no, seriously, <laughs> if you can dissect this a little bit here for all of our listeners, because I think this is going to be a high ratings game. Everyone's going to be into this. Uh, let's talk a little bit about it and see what you can uh, place of it. I mean, the basic handicap is like, look at this Cowboys team. If you if you ignore that weird fourth quarter comeback from Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau, yeah. You're, you're yeah. probably thinking a little higher about the Cowboys. On, on the other side, this Vikings team, think about what it took for them to beat the Bills. 
Now, I think a lot of people are leaning into that and saying, wow, this is such a lucky team. This is the worst 8-1 and one team ever. This is only the third team in the history of the NFL to be 8-1 and one and be a home dog. Yeah. I think they're catching one or one and a half points. All of that being said, I, I, I think, you know, they're, they're doing things in a way that makes sense, right? They have a great pass rusher. They're able to, to, to make – they're not the best defense, but they can make a play or two when they need to. Again, they have a plan. They have some veteran leadership there. You're seeing Patrick Peterson pop his head back up into the NFL pantheon. Yeah. And on the offensive side, you know, we we were looking at them as a plus-plus-plus fantasy offense in the beginning of the season. And so, again, the narrative makes sense. They, turn, they're in, they are that offense. They have a strong running game. They have mm-hmm. – you know, arguably the best receiver we've seen since Randy Moss. We, you know, they, they pick up uh, Hawkinson as another option in the receiving game. Kirk Cousins is playing his best ball. I mean, we love these shots of them coming back on the road trips, him all iced out with Justin Jefferson. <laughs> my, my take oh, on this, this game guy. would be is I don't let, I don't think, I do think it's quite disrespectful that Minnesota is catching points at home. They're one of the last teams, in my opinion, that has a true home field. They're one of the few teams I think that can serve, hold their home field with the Cowboys crowd that likes to travel everywhere. Who wants to go to the cold? Come on. We call it this because strange things happen. And at the end of the day, this is this is not a primetime game. And if it was, Kirk Cousins would be a little concerning. I, I like this defense to have a couple things. I think at this point, and I'd be curious to see how the I know that the pass rush for the Cowboys has been fun and been good, and, and Derisaw being questionable with the concussions concerning for the Vikings. Oh, if they can contain this passing game, pass a little bit of a shootout. I'm, I'm always going to take the home. Call it a horseshoe up their butt. Call it good coaching. Call it just a team getting lucky. They're finding ways to win. And you see, we've seen it with our Giants a couple different times. We've seen it with the Eagles. When teams get that place of confidence where they believe they're going to make the play, where they believe they can win every game, they try a little harder. They work a little harder. And so I think this is a very sneaky spot for the Cowboys here because guess what we're talking about if the Cowboys lose this one? Well, now they're on a two-game losing streak. They could be as you know, maybe the maybe you know maybe the Commanders are now only a game back of them in the division. There's just the stakes are so high right now, and I don't trust their coaching staff. I, I, I strangely I trust the Vikings coaching staff more at this point. So, uh-huh. I'm obviously never going to recommend anyone take the Cowboys. They have been good against the spread this year, but I think this is a bad spot. I don't think they should be the favorites. I think this game will probably close Vikings minus one and a half, minus two. So if you like the Vikings, bet them now. If you like the Cowboys, you probably wait. This is probably a game that you tease. Uh, right now, you can tease the Vikings up to plus seven and a half. I, I see no no version of this game where they're getting blown out. So okay, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think the Vikings are going to win this game for some reason. I don't know, and it's not just because you know we love the G man. I just feel that's the way things are going right now. This could be the Vikings year. Who knows? Um, so throw me out. What, what do you think? What, what looks the the tastiest for you this week? I think the market hasn't caught up on on how bad the Rams are. I, uh, you know, Stafford may be back from his strange midweek concussion. Who's he going to throw it but, to? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Cooper Cup is one of the rare wide receivers that you have to account on the point spread for you know two two and a half three points, and to see that the Saints at home are still you're still able to bet them at three and a half. 
Um, yeah. That, that in the in the in the betting world, when you see a number just hang at three and a half, it, it's because a they're trying to entice you to take the Rams. The the average better is gonna be like, oh, really? The Rams are plus three and a half. The Saints uh-huh. are only three and seven. This is a team that just they have nothing. They have no offensive line. Uh, they have they have no receivers now. Uh, the defense has been lacklustered. And, and once again, on the other side of the ball, the Saints team, while they've also been not so good, they've they've had some plans and uh, they've really struggled more away from home. So I think this is a spot where we could see the the, the Saints defense just feast. Uh-huh. They run the ball. We see Taysom Hill do a bunch of Taysom Hill things. Maybe he gets in the end zone, uh-huh. and the, the Saints win something like a you know a twenty six to twelve type of game because this. This Rams team can't score touchdowns. Yeah, it's just uh, it's embarrassing. I told my father uh, <laughs> on the show, I'm like, this is the last week. I'm I'm like, just going with the Rams. This is the last week. I mean, I can't deal with this. It was the last so week bad. they had Cooper Cup. Now they don't even have him. Done. Okay, who are they yeah. throwing it to? Allen Robinson, who's just starting to catch a ball here and there. No, Scourneck. I mean, come on, really? Higby, I mean, he had a decent game. It makes sense that he, uh, you know, that Wolford threw it at him. But honestly, there's no one, and there's no way Odell Beckham's going there. Okay, he's going to Dallas or he's going to New York, and I think that's – it's just one of those two. One of those. That's what it is, man. I have to imagine he's using the Giants to to boost his price wherever he ends up going. I I can't see the Giants doing it, but it's it's kind of fun to – to have it be a but Barkley's messing with us as fans. He he's just throwing those tweets out every day. Oh, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be great? Uh, yeah, it would actually. I think it'd be great. I mean, as a Giants fan, I think he could add to the uh, to the team, right? I mean, he can't hurt us, can he? If if it's it, like my stance would be if if it's it's as long as it's only a contract that ends at the end of the season. <laughs> we don't need to be investing money in him in the future, uh, and uh, we don't need an off season with him. <laughs> we, we can we can you know we can we, win without work, him is what you're yeah. saying. We don't need ten week contract. That's all we need. Kadarius Tony, man, what is he doing? He leaves us, and you think it's just sporadic? Let's see how he does this week. He's okay. going to be forced to play a lot of plays. Let's see if he knows the playbook. All right, all right. Uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast with Ryan Kramer and uh, your buddy Sean Green. I mean, you guys are doing it, loving it. Um, at Sports Gambling Podcast on Instagram. Best way to find you as well on online, which is what? At Gambling Podcast on Twitter and just anywhere you get a podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm going to tout my uh, co-host, Sean Green, last night gave out an 80-1 to 1 same game parlay. Wow, Really? Yeah, some folks, some folks won five figures last night. Feeling good. My goodness. All right, my man. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Best of luck. Go Giants. There you go. Recording stopped.